Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Leading Off Podcast. Of course, I'm always Max Braun. I'm talking with someone else over here. Who is this? Hey everyone, Cooper Carlson here, known hater of the New York Mets. <laughs> well, okay, you're putting the cart before the horse now. We can't just start out with that, okay? Nope, I'm mad, but let's go. <laughs> well, understandably. I'm more confused than anything, but I think we'll talk about that. Yeah. Anyways, some, some housekeeping stuff, just to, you know, get out of the way. Uh, we are now done with YouTube. Normally, YouTube, we have an RSS feed. So, officially, our podcast will go up on Spotify. And currently, they are under review, whatever that process is, for iTunes. So, hopefully, it'll be up there soon. Uh, but very excited to announce this. We're moving on from YouTube because this has now turned into a thing. Uh, our most recent episode... Usually they get about 40. That one got 140, so we're moving up in the world. I mean, yeah, now that we're at Twins Daily together, we're really uh, we're doing well here, so let's keep it going. Yeah, now that Tom keeps pushing us on everyone. So. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Listen to these guys. Yeah, whether you like it or not, you're going to listen to us. So uh, This is pretty much going to be the trade deadline season episode because, I mean, Coming up, it's Wednesday, this is Sunday we're talking, so very soon. Uh, but, of course, before that, we're going to start with the weekend review. And uh, how'd the first game go? Yes, first game, we're starting with the New York Yankees series. The dreadful, you know, somehow didn't beat the Yankees. Well, we did in the first game. So, first game, we had Martin Perez. Then he went four innings, gave up five runs, walked four, seven hits, and four strikeouts. Not a good game, really, whatsoever. Luckily for the Twins, C.C. Sabathia is 39, and, you know, Twins hit lefties well. He went four innings, gave up six earned runs, uh, seven runs total. There's an unearned one thrown in there. Uh, the Twins' bullpen, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'll say the Twins did win 8-6, to six, the final score. Mitch Garber, uh, three for four. He had a very uh, solid game. The bullpen for the Twins did well. They were able to shut down the Yankees pretty much. I mean, after that, Thorpe came in. He did well in the bullpen. It's, I mean, we we both want him, I think, to come out of the bullpen cause this year because I think he's a good lefty out there to be with Rodgers. But he went 2.2 innings, four hits, one earned run, struck out two, and he kind of, like, saved the bullpen out there. Was, everyone was celebrating with Thorpe out, and he was great. But, yeah, um, home runs by Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Garber, and two. So, it was a good game overall, and Twins won 8-6. Yeah, good game. Uh, you failed to mention, somehow, the triple play in the first inning. Oh, Very first play. inning. Uh, those happen yeah, every day. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. No, not that notable. Uh, Perez, a little bit of trouble, walked the first few batters, and then, boom, triple play. That's how you do it. That is how you do it. Yeah. A great start. A great start to the series. Great start to the game. Uh, like you yeah. said, 
The offense came out. Uh, it was the Lewis Thorpe game. He saved everyone by going two and two-thirds, only one and run. So great stuff from him. Rogers shut the door. Surprisingly, a win against the Yankees. That's possible. Yeah. So I know right now I'm about to, you know, sit back, eat dinner, eat a snack, and, you know, go to sleep while you talk about this next game. That'll take about a half hour. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, in a series, this is called a series for a reason because you have to play numerous games. So winning the first game, while very nice, assures you absolutely nothing. And so a second game had to be played. That's uh, not Jake Odorizzi that started, uh, my bad. It was Kyle Gibson who started, I was about to say Odorizzi, against Domingo Herman. It seemed to be seemingly a decent pitching matchup. It, it did not end up that way. Uh, Domingo Herman went three and two-thirds, gave up eight earned runs. Kyle Gibson went five, gave up five earned runs. And now – that's like a backseat to everything else that happened. Because the Yankees scored two in the first, the Twins came back, uh, scored one in the second, scored two in the third, and then five in the fourth, uh, capped off by a Miguel Sano massive three-run home run. Uh, and then, unfortunately, what you absolutely cannot do and what you absolutely should not do happened. Kyle Gibson gave up a three-run home run in the fifth inning. And this was, let me tell you, this was the start where I was like, oh, no, it's going to happen. Because whenever you play the Yankees, there's always that sinking feeling in the back of you. just like something is going to happen. They're going to get like a dink, a walk, something weird's going to happen. And suddenly before you know it, someone's lost with a three-run home run in their back of the game. It happens every single time, and it happened again. Uh, Didi Gregorius, our father, because, God, he <laughs> – I hate that guy. He is basically our father. Hit a three-run home run. Uh, man, I wish you would find some other sport other than baseball. Uh, luckily then, uh, Cody Stashak, I thought this was going to be the Cody Stashak game. Uh, it, it is not. No one, no one will remember that Cody Stashak pitched in this game. He went two scoreless uh, in the sixth uh, and the seventh. However, the eighth inning then happened. Uh, where a flurry of Blake Parker being bad, uh, Tyler Duffy getting screwed, and Ryan Harper having to pitch on short rest gave the Yankees five earned runs and the lead. Now, there definitely should have been a cold third strike in there. Uh, and Rocco Baldelli said in the most uh, passive aggressive way, it was a strike that was called a ball, riveting stuff. <laughs> Very. I mean, he's, he's not wrong, but my God, dude. Uh, well, that happened. The Yankees take the lead. But then the game must go on. That was only the eighth. The bottom of the eighth goes on. Miguel Sano launches one to Mars for a two-run home run. Absolutely crushed that thing. It was one of those home runs where you heard the crack, and you're like, holy shit. Because, uh, I mean, it sounded like a gun went off. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know as I do, that's not where the game ended. Uh, the ninth inning came, Taylor Rodgers got two outs, walked the next guy, and then Aaron Bleeping Hicks hit the two-run home run to give him the lead. It had to be Aaron Hicks. It couldn't have been anyone else. And now the machine is going the, oh, shit, this is happening again. Now, luckily for the Twins, Aroldis Chapman came on, and Aroldis Chapman apparently is, completely unable to throw strikes uh, because he walked the first three batters, all of them very convincingly. I don't think either of them got in a two-strike count, or at least maybe just one of them did. It was kind of sad, actually. Plunk with the sack fly. They tie the game. Can't do anything more, uh, unfortunately. And now at this point, we're pretty much – they're pretty much burned through their bullpen. I think starting to be and throwing his arm off on Sunday. So they'd rather not use him. Uh, and then Stewart had to come in, gave up two run runs. I can't, I, I can't really blame on him. 
when it's your last guy coming in, but you still get up two and runs in the tenth. And the trends come down, uh, just load them up again because the game can't end normally. And then Kepler hits, uh, what was it, 105 or something, line drive off the bat, into the gap, and it was caught by Aaron Hicks in midair to end the game. And that put the bow on what many called the best game of the year and what I would certainly call most definitely not the best game of the year. But <laughs> nevertheless, an ugly loss by the Twins at the hands of who else but the Yankees. I was I was big mad about this game, so uh, you have any more thoughts? Um, I mean, you covered basically all of it. I mean, we're already at what ten ten fifteen. We've covered two games each. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, okay. I think the funniest part of this is that the best start of the entire series came out of this game from Kyle Gibson. <laughs> five innings, five earned runs. That was the best start by either team in these whole three games. Hell yeah, yeah, brother! Love it. <laughs> this this whole game. Um, it was kind of like every single person in our bullpen was burned out. We knew our bullpen was awful. It was like, this is just the worst. And and we kind of, I mean, it was every pitcher that went out there was like, can he even get an out? And Rodgers was like, maybe. And then, but no, it was just painful the whole night. It's like, cry yourself to sleep after it's all over. And, oh, God. That was something. Yeah, but now when I look back, it's like, hey, that was a, that was a fun game, I guess. <laughs> Man, I I I still can't do that. I'm very much in like the like the no game that your team loses can be considered a great game. I'm sorry, that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's fair. It's just you know I like, laugh watching that. Except I guess except for when the Yankees were hitting and stuff. But I mean, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. If I was a third party, certainly I would agree with that. But I sure, I, I just fair. can't. I, yep. I cannot do that. I cannot rip myself away. So either way, lost my hand. Entertaining. What you said, it felt like every out was a miracle. The guy got out, yeah. and you're like, "Holy shit, you're allowed to do that?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was yeah. losses. This next game, it was you know, it was another high scoring game, but it, it it didn't really feel like there was ever a chance for the Twins. Oda Rizzi started this game, went four innings, was basically thrown to the wolves the whole time. Four innings, nine earned runs on ten hits, two walks, but hey, struck out seven, silver lining. Um, <laughs> No, it was, you know, we were down a lot early. We were able to come back a little bit. It never really had that feel of, hey, this is going to, we're going to come back from this one. And not to me anyway, but the last uh, one, two, three, four innings were basically scoreless, except for the Yankees getting one. And I don't know. To me, it was just like, well, we could we had a chance yesterday, but not going to win the series now throughout the whole game. Yeah, that's no, I agree with you. Oh, and also yeah. I'm going to shout out oh. my boy Devin Smeltzer here. Five innings, one <laughs> run, four strikeouts. Can't let that go unnoticed. Yeah, okay, thank you you got that in. Devin Smeltzer did well. Unfortunately, he was also hit with the, hey, you're a minor league pitcher, still has options. So that option after that harsh <laughs> happened. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I felt the same way. Even though they were only down by, like, three at some point, I was like, there's no way they win this game. And I was like, and but at the same time, I was, like, okay with it. It was kind of zen. We were just like, I've accepted the outcome of this game, and yet I do not care whether they lose. I'm like, I'm just over this. Just get these bastards the hell out of here. Let's move on. I, that's kind of where I was at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with you. So. It was it was painful, but we all knew it was coming. So, hey, we all yeah. had optimism going in, too. Like, hey, maybe we, can, maybe we can take two or three. Maybe we can even sweep. And then we did whatever unexpected and lost two out of three. Hey, anyone who actually thought they could have swept, I you have way more optimism than I do, and I think okay, myself somewhat off. That was it wasn't really me. I was thinking we were going to win one out of three at the beginning, so you know. But yeah. other people were optimistic on it. it was, hey, they won one, 
The other two games were close in some capacity. I that's okay, I guess. At the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, if it's a playoff series and we add a, a starter and a reliever, yes, maybe we get them there. Well, I I do not want to imagine a playoff series between these teams. I man, that might actually kill me. Do you want a playoff series between those two teams? Like honestly? Oh hell no. Yeah, what's everyone not. on Twitter doing? They're like begging. <laughs> even like Twins fans are like, "Yeah, this would be so fun." It's like, get out! Oh of here. yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, it'd be an electric series." Yeah, it would save five years off my life minimum. I do not <laughs> yes. want this. Yeah, I, I want to take not want Houston or literally anyone else besides the Yankees. I don't yeah. care. I would, I would happily take Houston with a smile. So, <laughs> <laughs> smile. we should probably move on. We spent a lot of time talking about that. Anyways. The next series, uh, got to take on the White Sox. A much, much better team. Much more fun to take on. First game, they seemed very mad. Uh, or at least, uh, Nelson Cruz seemed very mad. As he blasted three home runs. Surprisingly, first three home run game of his career. That really surprised me, considering he's 39 and he's been racing for a while. Uh, Kepler also hit one. Snow hit one. Uh, Jose Barrios went seven, only two run runs. This was a very, very clean win. Well, I should say very, very clean. They had three errors. Uh, two in one inning, I believe, if I remember correctly, but, on most parts, this was a step in the right direction. You have to play a bad team. You beat up on a bad team. Uh, kind of just what you do, even though they sent out Giolito, who's a good starting pitcher. So uh, a fun win. I don't think there's much to, much to talk about here. It was just good. Yeah, agreed, though. They were, I was glad they were able to get to Giolito early, especially, I guess, Nelson Cruz was able to just handle him. And good win overall, good way to start the series. So, yeah, uh, game two. And before I start game two, I will say, your series predictions, man, I – Oh, I hate them because, you know, you guess what it's going to be exactly, and I go into them to the comments all confident, and I'm like, you know, Matt, oh, they're going to they're gonna sweep here. You're real confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, and then mm-hmm. they win three out of four, just like you said, and it makes – it really mm-hmm. sucks because I was – I'm going to get one of these. You know, every time you make a prediction, I'm going to also make a prediction. I'm going to get one of them soon. No, you see, you seem to be under the impression that I'm guessing. These are not guesses. This is me speaking it into existence, Okay. Okay. Uh, for the for the uninformed, uh, I'm not to toot my own horn or anything, but I am now six for six, a perfect uh, record that is uh, in my series prediction so far. So uh, I am uh, clairvoyant. I am, uh, you know, I can see in the future. I'm all that stuff. Uh, I don't, don't mean to brag, but got it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, game two here. Twins won this one, six to two taking on a Dylan Cease of the White Sox. They all scored five runs in the second, kind of put it away from there. Um, a, a twin second best starter on the team, Michael Pineda, went seven solid, giving up two earned runs, striking out five. Uh, you know, no one really had a big day. I guess Cruz did, Cruz did again. He had three hits, uh, two RBIs, which was – oh, Kepler had three RBIs. Oh, yeah, the yep, Kepler had a big game. A big three home run to make it 4-0. <laughs> yep, just seeing that now. Whoops. Uh, Pineda did give up a two-run homer, but other than that, he was able to, you know, shut down the White Sox. Thorpe came in for two at the end, went two scoreless, just gave up two hits. And the Twins, well, I mean, they played a good game overall. Couldn't score after the second, but they won the game, so it's whatever. Yeah, very similar game in the first one. Just kind of put it away early. Starter went deep. Uh, reliever came in, went two innings. Very, very similar games. And, uh, yeah, there's not much to complain about. Cease has some, I just want to say, Cease has some ridiculous movement on his pitches, but he had Yeah, yeah, I I mean, it was 
the curveball, yeah, it was like insane the drop on it, right? Yeah. I mean it was he was good, but twins are better, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry dude. So uh moving on to the next game. This was yesterday's Unfortunate 1-5 lost. Martin Perez started against Ivan Nova. And I mean, this was, quite honestly, one of the ugliest games they played all year. Just only three hits, one run. Uh, the other, the White Sox put up five total. Uh, two errors on the Twins. Really, I mean, just sloppy play all around. It was rough to see. Only Buxton was the guy who really any, had a good game. He had uh, two of those three hits and the only extra base hit. Uh, Pitching-wise... Perez, uh, I mean, three innings, six and runs. It's a suspicious quality start, one nonetheless, I suppose. Uh, Stashak came in, gave up an earned run. May came in, gave up a run, not earned. Got screwed by a scope error on a routine round ball. Don't know what he was doing there. Yeah, just kind of an ugly game. I was like, all right, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just move on. Yeah, I mean, again, sucked. I mean, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Twin kind of took that one. I mean, not, not much more to say on that. So, yeah, game four. Yeah, let's just, came in. Let's just move on. They sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Game four came in uh, against this guy, Kobe. Was Dylan Kobe? Yes. Was it Dylan, Dylan Kobe? Cease? Is that his first name? The other uh, yeah, Dylan Cease. We faced the two Dylans. Oh, they just got a lot of Dylans. Okay, I was just making sure I didn't mess yeah, that up. Dylan. All right. No, so, no. Twins came in here, decided they, you know, they saved all their hits for today. Could have used some of them yesterday. But the first, uh, you know, uh, it started with Kepler double, Polanco homer, Cruz single, Arise single, Sano homer, and after 14 pitches, they pulled their pitcher, the White Sox, immediately, just after 14 pitches like that. So yeah, he's uh, one in seven now, six nine nine ERA, and immediately when the game ended, I saw he was sent down to Triple A. So throw a bat as bad of a day for this guy as it can get. I mean, the offense is everything. Kepler two for five, Polanco two for five, Cruz two for five, Sano three for four. It was a big game all around. Buxton two for four. I mean, the offense did well, a lot better than yesterday because yesterday they did nothing, as we discussed. Gibson went six solid innings, gave up one run. He, that tough sixth inning where he had bases loaded, no outs, and gave up just one run and proceeded to strike out the side with a little bit mm-hmm. of help from the um, umpire. I don't know if you saw that. No, one. no, it was a strike. It was a strike all the way. All right, yep. Angel would never. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then he proceeded to throw someone out because, for some reason, someone argued with him. But, hey, whatever. Um, Ryan Harper went one. Duffy went one. And my favorite pitcher ever, uh, Sean Poppin, went one. He is – I love that guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Take the series. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much – it was like a – very much an early on type of Twins game where they'd play a rough game and come out and just obliterate them. And uh, they did that, just came out quick. When you're up five runs with no outs, it kind of sets the tone of the game. Uh, my favorite was the, the absolutely incredibly predictable Jonathan Scope two-run home run in a game that meant that. <laughs> I felt it in my bones it was happening, and, of course, he blasts one. Like, naturally, he does. It, it yeah. had to have happened. Uh, this could have been... You know, if they were down by two and he got the exact same pitch from the exact same pitcher, he would have ground into a double play. But hey, oh yeah, that's the way. Oh works. yeah, it's how it happens. It's kind of ridiculous that splits in like high leverage and low leverage situations. But uh, that's not really going to too much. It was a, a great win. Just came out and dominated them. 
and took three or four, which was nice. Uh, it was also nice because Cleveland also lost that day, and it felt like they've been winning every single game beforehand, didn't it? Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah, Cleveland. It's like, you know, you wake up, who are they playing today? And it's still the Kansas City Royals after about three months, and you just don't know what to do anymore because they don't ever lose. Except for today, because yeah. Trevor Bauer got angry. And beware, because that ball could come flying through your window at any moment now. I don't think it ever landed. Yeah, I'm I'm frightened right now, so I'm sitting next to two windows. It really could just come in right now and be me black. I really would not want that to happen. I just, because yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I just want to say, I was at the, the Mariners game this day, so I'm not actually watching any Twins games. I'm a fraud. I didn't watch any of the Indians games, so I'm also a fraud. But just, like, looking at my phone, I'm like, wait, Kansas City has, like, nine runs? What the hell? How did that happen? Then, like, getting bits and pieces through Twitter, like, wait, Trevor Bauer got mad? Wait, Trevor Bauer <laughs> threw a ball like that? Wait, Tito asked him what the hell was wrong with him, but didn't use hell? What the <laughs> Yeah, so, hopefully the Indians are just turned into a mess. That that'd be nice if you know the Indians just fell apart completely. That that's always fun. So, I so hate to see happens. it. Yeah, you hate to see it. Really do. So, well, I just wanted to bring them up, especially because uh, now their schedule is no longer as I described it as charm and ultra soft. Houston Astros now, and then uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's some brutal games against a lot of playoff teams. As the it flips, and now the Twins get the charm and ultra soft schedule. So. Uh, it should be interesting in August and September uh, if there's a, a bit more division uh, coming up soon in a few weeks. Yeah, right. And the, yeah, I think it's the Angels, Rangers, Astros, and if I'm uh, the an NL team, Brewers. I'm not positive on that. I don't know. But um, yeah, moving on. We play the Marlins next, but the Marlins will be out be without a key reliever, Sergio Romo, who has been acquired by the Minnesota mm-hmm. Twins in the trade. Indeed, it is. Oh, you want to just go ahead and talk about that? Like, I mean, sure. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, for okay. first base prospect uh, Lewin Diaz, who was at Double A, and the Twins got another minor leaguer who I don't remember the name of. Do you got it? Was it okay? Off the top of my head, it's Chris Velment. Sounds good enough. Yep, that's who they got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a pitcher. No, that's true, and a player to be named later. Yeah. So. Yes, it is officially a trade deadline season. We talked about last week, we're like, hey, why is there, like, no action? And suddenly there's a little bit of action. And the Twins got involved in, that, some, uh, in some of that action. It's no longer just inquired on, interested in, you know, all that fluff crap. It's like, let's get some movement. Come on now. So they acquired Sergio Romo, like you said, of those guys. Uh, just straight up, I said it before on Twitter, uh, fan of the move. Needed uh, good, solid relievers just to help the depth, and Romo fits that to a T. Of course, that is veteran presence, however much you want to believe in that, uh, being on a number of World Series Giants teams. Still pretty solid this year. I also mentioned before I thought it was interesting, his swing strike percent would be the highest in the Twins bullpen, so he's still got the stuff despite pumping in for I like the deal. I assume you do too. I do, and a lot of people on Twitter and stuff were just, you know, it wasn't, it was about the least flashy move they could have made, and people were noticing that, but I think the Twins will continue to add, and for this guy's role, I guess, if you, if you could define what Blake Parker's role is, I guess that's where I'd put Sergio Romo, kind of early season Blake Parker, just kind of like, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth, wherever you really need him, so kind of throw him in there, well, pair with Rodgers, I guess. Well, what Blake Parker's role was, I suppose, if you well, yeah. Until it became, you know, the fourth inning when you're down by 11. But at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. 
No, uh, certainly kind of like that. Uh, sort of the rover, the dynamic type of reliever where we're like, hey, we may need you to close. We may need you to put out a fire in the seventh inning. We don't know. Just be ready for that. And he filled that role pretty well. So uh, it'll be useful to have uh, him and Rogers doing that going forward instead of just having to, you know, pound Rogers into the ground and hope that he can do it, which he can, but you'd rather not have that happen. Yeah, because we were kind of seeing the effects of uh, just kind of, like you said, pounding Rogers into the ground. He was, kind of, you know, he was blowing a few saves, which his save percentage kind of sucks. Like, just keep him in there in the eighth inning, I guess. <laughs> and like maybe put Romo in a closer role because Rogers. I mean, I think he has like five or six blown saves on the year now. Was it? I thought it was only like three, even after the terribleness. Oh, really? I think it last week. I, I'm pretty sure it's quite a few. Not positive, but yeah. So. Well, blown saves are kind of a weird sack. You can blow a save in, like, the seventh inning, which, when you think yeah. about it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But <laughs> either way, just, I don't know, just get, just like I said, get more depth. Romo can fill in. We don't have to use Rodgers, like, three straight games in one-run games. Although, funny how that happens. We acquire a guy to help with that, and then Rodgers isn't even used in the White Sox series. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, four straight games, right, without Rodgers? Yeah, first day. That might be a record. Hell, we might not even need him. And then we'll have the off day. Do we even need him against the Marlins? He might get a week off. Have fun, dude. Oh, they really got to get him some work. He hasn't been used enough. I don't know what the Twins are doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to be up like – well, the thing is, what's going to happen is they're going to be up by, like, five in, like, the seventh inning. Yeah. They're just going to call him into pitch and hitting just because. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, come on. you got to bring in that guy? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to so. be dumb for the Marlins. I mean, I'm assuming Sergio Romo will make his debut against his team that he just left, which – It'd be a bit awkward, mm-hmm. I mean, you think? I mean, that'd be kind of yeah. strange. Well, it was kind of awkward also. They rushed him up to the White Sox uh, where yeah. Chicago to get him ready for the series, and they didn't even need him today, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he didn't just – I mean, I guess he was probably just trying to prove that he wanted to be here, but they in Miami sleep in a couple days. <laughs> yeah. Well, he seems like so far like a very high-energy yeah, uh, type of individual. He's got that kind of spark in him. I like that. He's just like, I want to – what was that quote? He's like, they're reaching for the stars. I'm not very tall, but I'll try my best. I'm like, I like this Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. He just says, he's basically just like saying he wants to win a championship, and that's like why he's here, which is cool because as a fan, I would also like the Twins to win a championship. So seeing players that want to win championships is good. You know, that's quite the hot take, but I have to agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's something. <laughs> would like to win a championship, so – Figure Romo, great stuff. Uh, moving on to other general trade rumors, uh, because, you know, trade rumor, along with trade deadline season, is trade rumor season. Uh, there, I wrote down here general interest. There seems to be uh, a lot of reports, specifically coming from JP Morosi, about the Twins' uh, excuse me, interest or intrigue in different players, specifically guys like uh, Mike Miner, I believe. They checked in on Robbie Ray. Uh, according to Darren Wilson, they've checked on basically every pitcher that has ever breathed. So yeah. they they seem to be very uh, in tune with what they need, which is good news. Uh, so what do we what do we make of this? Is this casting a wide net? Is this just like rumors that are coming out? Is this just general stuff? I was gonna say basically like name a pitcher that you've heard is tradable this year, and you'll I mean someone said yeah, Twins have looked into this guy, but the hot topic here over the last week, as you wrote down here, is someone by the name of Noah Syndergaard, who, after this recent Stroman trade, looks even, apparently, is more likely to be traded now, so no, there's something. Noah Syndergaard? Oh, you ever heard of him? No, no, I, I don't, let's see, does his name ring a bell? I don't know if I've ever heard of him. <laughs> uh, that's a really under-the-radar guy you got here. 
most twin fans on Twitter want to go give up, uh, you know, uh, let's go give Jake Cave and uh, Martin Perez and get Noah Syndergaard. Well, it would take it'd take uh, Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov, according to the asking price from Lavelle Neal the third on his article from the Star Tribune. Anyway, that's the asking price. Well, well, let me run this by you. What if we have Jake Cave and Nick Gordon? How about that? <laughs> Everyone thinks Nick Gordon's magical. Everyone thinks every just oh, that's the weirdest thing. Jake gave and Nick yeah, it's Gordon very, thinks everyone wants him. It's very we we fit this part, and I absolutely love it. Where team fan uh, fans of teams like put together their guys that they personally think are trash, but somehow think that other teams like value them more. They're like, all right, yes. and this lint, uh, some old gum, and this paper clip I found, and let's get you know, uh, three years no Syndergaard. And it's like no 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 no, it's not. It's not quite how that works, but I, I love yeah. it nonetheless. So I guess the question – well, now we're, we are talking about the Mets, and we're going to talk about them a bit later uh, because they're a weird team. But I suppose the question is if these Noah Syndergaard uh, rumors are true and if the asking price is about what we think it is, is that a deal that you do? If I have to give up both of the top two prospects, I'm not doing the trade. Nope, not giving up Lewis and Kirilov. I will consider right, but if one of them as a headliner, but not both in the same okay. deal. That was the next question I was going to ask. If there's just one and then maybe work out a deal with, uh, I don't want to say, like, throw Gratterall and, you know, and name some off the top of your head, but if the package only included one, then would you be more interested? I would be more interested. I mean, I I would say, here, name give me one prospect of the top two that you want and then, you know, name two other players and there we go. I mean, I'd probably accept it if it's just one and, you know, two other guys. I, I'm not positive because I really like prospects now that I don't know why. I used to not, but all of a sudden I do. So <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. No, it's tough. You get emotionally attached to them. It happens. It happens. I find, like, I you know, find myself in that situation. I mean... I think Lewis and Kirloff, I mean, obviously they're both, both going to be first ballot Hall of Famers, so you got to well, yeah. keep <laughs> for sure. Naturally. Well, yeah, and the, the one in 19 are going to be retired at whatever future field, you know, Twins are playing, and naturally this is going to happen. So, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's sore, though, you know. It's, oh, Syndergaard, Barrios, and Pineda, top three in your playoff rotation. That's pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, wait, that might be a hot pick in itself. You got Pineda third? I'm just gonna keep pushing this Pineda thing because I think he's the second best pitcher on the Twins at the moment. But yeah, I'm just, I'll just wait for you to say something. <laughs> a lot of Pineda propaganda on this. I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, it's fun. Yeah, man, it is it's a it's a tough situation because I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, out of all the guys theoretically available, and I mean, even he, I don't feel like he should theoretically be available. But out of all the guys, he is the guy, because he kind of feels like the only guy who is a guy, which is a phrase that makes no sense, but I seem to understand what I'm saying. Uh, because, I mean, Mike Miner, is he there? You know, Matt Boyd, is he at that level? I don't think so. No Syndergaard? Uh, two and a half years of no Syndergaard? Yeah. That's tasty. I mean, especially now that uh, Strowman is off the board, it's like there's a, the list is Syndergaard, and then it drops about 100 levels, and then you get to get the rest <laughs> of the guys. And they're not bad. It's just that Thor for two and a half years at such a young age is, you know, I mean, that's outstanding. If you can land that, it's you're set in your rotation for this amount of time with him, which I don't know why oh, yeah. the Mets won't take advantage of something like this with what they've got, but hey, what do I know? 
I don't try and think about the Mets. Just don't don't try and think them through. I will say I thought it was funny. I don't know if this report was accurate, but I saw it came out. It's like the Mets would rather not deal him to a team like the Astros because they fear that they could improve him and then make it look bad. Which I'm like, if if you're at this point, just delete your franchise. Just delete your entire <laughs> franchise if that's what you're worried about. Like, we like, don't want to give God. No, we don't want to give him to a good team because the Mets are like, well, we're not very smart, and this team is smart, so Syndergaard yeah. will only get better. Let's give him the Padres yeah. is what they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him the Padres. They can't possibly do it. Oh, <laughs> Mets, you're annoying. All right, let's, I guess we can move on. Related topics, uh, the Mets are annoying. So some trades have occurred. Some trades have gone down. Uh, a minor one. So Duke Diekman to the A's. I was actually somewhat interested in Diekman. Uh, lefty throws hard, uh, high strikeouts, high ground balls. Uh, I thought it was a good move by the A's. I was mildly interested in him. You know, not too bad they lost out on him. But uh, the, the ground-breaking, ground-breaking report, and uh, I about swore in public when I got this notification, uh, Marcus Stroman to the Mets of all teams? What's happening here? Yeah, that – oh, God, I hate that. You know, I mean, that, uh, Stroman's been my guy for the past couple of weeks. Like, I've just kind of been, like, thinking, I, this is the starter I want. The Twins are going to make a move for a big starter. And, you know, I was like, it'll be the Twins, the Yankees, maybe the Astros. And then the Mets decide to just go do their thing and steal him. It's like, I think for a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we were joking around, like, huh, what if the Mets go and buy? Wouldn't that just be such a Mets thing? And now yeah. look at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is our fault. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I oh, hate no. the Mets. Okay, but imagine this for a second. Okay, so they picked up Stroman. And their rotation now is DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Wheeler, and Matt. Can you think of a better rotation? Like, honestly. Oh, uh, I mean, well, I'd have to probably think about it. You'd have a, a strong argument if uh, Kluber comes back healthy. I think the Indians can contend that. Uh, same thing yeah. with Carrasco, obviously. Uh off the top of my head, I don't know. That's a very good rotation. Uh, however, the the key thing when you're talking about the Mets is it's not so the this move because uh, in a vacuum, I actually really like this move for the Mets. Like Stroman, and they gave up uh, was it Anthony K? And I am I'm kind of blanking on those again. Kill some time as I move over to this. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, both of them you know fairly good pitching prospects. Not quite to the level that it seemed like Stroman is going to command. Like, it sounds like the Twins would have to give up a Gratterall or a Larnick, who are, you know, let's just be blunt, much better prospects than those guys. The fact that they didn't, I think that's a good deal on the Mets. Uh, however, you then look at the Mets and you're like, all right, but you're also like seven games back of the wild card and um, talking about dealing Syndergaard and Wheeler or it's kind of like, what is, what, what is the grand like, concept. What is happening here? Because I think that's the big question that I'm stumped on. For me, it's if the Mets, it's a good move if they hold on to the guy, if they hold on to Syndergaard, you know, Diaz and Wheeler. If they don't sell, then it's a really good move, because then they could definitely win in 2020. But if they do what they're saying they're going to do and go sell off two of the guys in their rotation, then I have no clue what's going on over there, honestly. Like, no idea. Because right now, you have a great rotation set up for 2020. But yet, after the trade, they go, yeah, now we're even more interested in trading Syndergaard. So, I don't understand what they're doing, really. It was a good move. They got the uh, four and six prospects back from the other team. And comparatively, for the Twins, I heard it would have been, like, Blaine Enlow and Yohan Duran. 
So, I mean, that wouldn't mm-hmm. have been a groundbreaking move for Strowman, I don't think. And I would have made it. But, I mean, hey, Mets did it first, and they're in it. I, I, I hate the Mets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hate them also. Uh, I'm with you there. Yeah, I just, I'm if they actually think deal Wheeler, then I'd be, okay, I'm, I'm onto it, and they're just basically like, this is a 2020 move, and I'd be like, okay, I can I can see that. There's some semblance of logic there. The deal Syndergaard, I'm completely and utterly lost. I have absolutely no idea what their thought process is. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. And I mean, I their their lineup. I don't think it. I mean, it's not good, but it's not horrible. They've got Pete Alonso. They've got a Jeff McNeil. Was it? That, yeah, that's his name. I think. Right. When you can't remember a player, they must mean they're really. Hey, good, he was right? hitting like three fifty last time I looked. I I get him confused with the Davis guy. <laughs> they got Robbie yeah. okay. who could always who could always do well. Course and Conforto, I don't know. If, I think he's a free agent, but yeah, he's a good hit. I mean, they've got a solid core of hitters over there, and they don't they, win games. The Mets don't win, and they, they will never win. <laughs> they have an interesting core. Certainly, you got uh, the guys you named. I also throw JD Davis in there. Yeah, uh, and it's sporadically Ahmed Rosario, but at the same time, uh, then they're also locked into guys like Todd Frazier and Wilson Ramos, where they're like they are immediately not good players, but also not immediately players that you're going to look to upgrade over because they're just good enough, which is <laughs> the absolute worst. It's like an entire team of Jonathan Scope. We're just like, oh, you know, in a vacuum, that's not bad. But when you're looking to take the next step, it's really hard to find guys that are a lot better than that, if that makes any sense. A team that can only get hits when they're up by seven or more. That's, that'd be something. <laughs> Jonathan Scope is <laughs> Yeah, they're all uh, blasting two run dingers while up by seven. That is their team. <laughs> that is that is their team to a T. And then the bull, the bullpen's just a dumpster fire. So how okay. fun with that also? Yeah, <laughs> don't they also have Cespedes under contract for like thirty three mil or something for next year? So Dude, is Cespedes I mean, even alive? I don't know. Yeah, no one knows. This guy hurts himself like every day, and he's been out all year, but. I mean, if he comes back healthy at some point in his career ever and still playing for the Mets on this team, I mean, maybe he does something. He's making so much money. He's holding them back, obviously, even more than mm-hmm. the guys you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that feels like the biggest gift in the world, but, yeah, he does what he does. <laughs> so, let's, let's move on, because this is kind of feeling like the Mets talk, and I don't like talking about the Mets. Oh, whoops. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we're trying out something here this week. I think this will be fun, actually. Uh, you asked a question. For a new episode of Leading Off Podcast, uh, so come up with fan questions. Let's answer them to get some interaction, more talk. A lot of them were, of course, about the trade deadline. Not surprised, but uh, we're going to go through them both to answer with uh, our thoughts. So let's start with the first one from uh, Tom. Uh, Tom Froming, of course. Uh, with the Romo edition and intriguing performances from Thorpe slash Stashak slash Poppin, be interested in revised bullpen trust rankings. And uh, I thought this was a really interesting question. So I think I'll go first. I'll give my ranking, and then you can go. Does that sound good? Yep, sounds good. All right, and so do you have, most trust. Uh, oh. Do you have all three of the uh, Poppin, Stashak, and Thorpe on yours? Yeah, it's all the guys immediately in the bullpen right now. Okay, yep, me too. Sounds good. Okay, so as of this moment, I don't believe anyone's been DFA'd or shut down, so I believe this is everyone right now. Anyways, uh, at the top, not surprising, Taylor Rogers. That's fairly uncontroversial. Uh, number two, I probably I'm gonna go with Ryan Harper. 
uh, personally. This was a tough one between him and Romo, but I think I'm going to give it to Harper just because I've seen him pitch more. That's more of a personal bias than anything. I'm sure that'll change in about a month or so. Uh, third, I'm going to put Romo there uh, just because his numbers on the air. Uh, actually, it's short. I don't think chance the first night. Yeah, as far as uh, reliever win probability added, he was like eight or ninth uh, in all of baseball. So he was up there, oh, really? actually. He was impressive considering he was, on a, he was on a bad Marlins team. Even higher than that. <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe he is a little bit better. But Romo, uh, four, I'm going to go with Tyler Duffy. Trust him, actually, fair amount, which is surprising. So if you would have told me that I was saying this at the beginning of the year, you probably should have slapped me because, I mean, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, the fifth, I uh, would go with Trevor May, uh, probably the least trustworthy of the most trustworthy. That yeah. phrase makes any sense. There's a bit of a drop off after here. Uh, we're talking about sixth. I'm going to go with Lewis Thorpe, personal bias. Seventh, Cody Stashak, and eighth, Sean Poppin. And that's how I do it. All right. Yep, I get that. And. You went mm-hmm. Ryan Harper too. I've got to admit, I have him way farther down because I'll just I'll yeah. get you my rankings. Yeah. Ouch. And it's just it's not even. I mean, I don't know if it's like personal or if I just don't trust him. But here, I got one Rogers, surprising. Two. Yeah. On my most trusted bullpen, Tyler Duffy. Three. Okay. My most trusted relievers, Sergio Romo. Four. Uh, Trevor May. Five. <laughs> Lewis Thorpe. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well. Six, six Ryan Harper. I I don't trust Ryan Harper. I, I'm sorry. If he's listening, I'm so sorry. This is not stats ranked or anything based that I'm going off of. With Harper, I just, when he's, if he goes in the game right now, I'm just thinking to myself, I would rather have anyone in. It's like Blake Parker with him right now with me, and I have no idea why. <laughs> I I'm not a loss for words actually right now. I wow. Yeah. I mean he's had a couple of bad games in a row, and I'm just like I don't think this curveball is going to hold up much longer. And I have no stats to back this up really, but I got hey, no faith in my shut, shut out inning today, dude. Yeah, I mean nothing. He sure did. But yeah, not not good enough for me. He's uh <laughs> down there for me. God. God. But so you know, yeah, I'm so it's it's hard. I was ranking. I. I was like, yeah, this is normal, totally normal to put Ryan Harper here. I guess not. Um, Sean Poppin at number seven, and at number eight, Cody Stashak. All right, all right. Uh, okay, well, I I don't even know what to say to you regarding Harper. That is just no. I'm man. yep. Don't trust him. Some, I'm sorry. You Ryan. have some deep rooted. You have some deep rooted personal hate that you got to deal with. I might. I mean, I don't yeah. think so. I I love his story. Thirty year old rookie and everything. It's just. He's in the game. I'm just like, oh, geez. Even though he's good, he's not bad. He's not a bad pitcher. I don't get it. Nah, man. I'm, I'm more disappointed than anything. Just yeah, disappointed. that's fair. <laughs> oh, Maybe it'll be I like think... your, uh, what was it, Mike Moran thing, and eventually Ryan Harper will start struggling, and I'll get to celebrate. That'd be something. Well, that's that's messed up. Don't celebrate another man. Just, hey, that's what you did with Mike Moran. You can't even deny that. That's... I, I did not do that with Mike Moore. I was simply predicting and then was proud of myself when I was correct. Do not yes, you were like, yes, Hey, everyone, you see how correct I was? Mike Moore sucks. That's what, pretty much what you were doing. So, you know. I, I am, this is slander right now. That is what this is. Uh-huh. It's, it's all, it's all good. I'm just trying to back up my, my claims for no reasoning of putting Ryan Harper near the bottom. Yeah, but you ain't got to slander me now, do you? Jeez. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, sorry. Just right. throwing you under the bus instead. God. <laughs> All right. Well, our revised bullpen trust rankings, one of them correct, one of them very not correct. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry. Had to do it. Anyways, we're on to the next question that we had from uh, J.D. Cameron. What rounds out a perfect tri- uh, Twins trade deadline for y'all, specifically around the bullpen? One more add or one more and a lefty? So, very good question. I think this is a question everyone's going to be asking. So, again, I give my response. Uh, uh, upper-tier starter and an upper-tier reliever. I think they've covered, like, the mid-tier reliever with Sergio Romo for depth purposes. So, if I want to be specific, I'd say uh, Matt Boyd or Mike Miner. And then uh, for reliever, let's see, I'm coming ahead, uh, Ken Giles or Ian Kennedy. I think if you get two of those guys, then I'd be happy. Yeah, that's fair. For my perfect one, I went, uh, well, it was Marcus Stroman and Jake Diekman, but, well, that didn't hold up, so I'll have to go with uh, <laughs> um, Robbie Ray, I don't know why the Diamondbacks are selling, but they're really intent on it. I'm going to call Robbie mm-hmm. Ray of the D-backs, and then Kirby Yates of the Padres, because they also seem like they want to get rid of him. So those are my two to make a perfect trade deadline. I'd like that also. I like that. I also those would be good moves. Yeah, I had Greg Holland uh, paired up with Robbie Ray, but I guess if I'm going perfect, I'd take Yates over Holland right now, obviously, because he's yeah. better. But mm. for my, I guess Holland, if, he, if we get him and Ray, I'd be fine with that too. So, yeah, either one works. Mm. All right, uh, and then there's a second part to this question. To see, uh, do you add a lefty also? Uh, I think uh, I'm going to answer it uh, myself. I'm going to say no, just because I think the only lefty off the top of my head, well, I mean, Will Smith was, but that got us. The Giants are also being annoying. It doesn't sound like they're going to sell. So they had both Will Smith and, uh, oh, what's his name, Tony Watson. Both could have been good lefties. But, again, yeah. they're not, they don't seem intent on selling, so there goes that option. Uh, <laughs> And Diekman then I think was the top lefty and he's already gone, so mm-hmm. I think no. It's because there's not a whole lot of lefties remaining and I trust Thorpe or uh Smelter more at this point. Yeah, more than Ryan Harper. Well <laughs> okay, let's pump the brakes there, Buckaroo. <laughs> just kidding, just going back to it. All right, yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty much with you on there. For lefties, I mean it sounds like the Dodgers are pursuing uh the Pirates uh, I forgot his name. Felipe Vasquez which is yeah. interesting. They brought him up last week, but he would cost, you know, the world and a half right now because of control and skill and everything. But he'd be mm, amazing. So if we get him, that's cool. But I don't think they will, obviously, and I don't think there's really another lefty out there that's worth really going after at the moment. With As you said, I think Thorpe is just as trustworthy right now as anyone we could go get besides Vazquez or the Giants guys. But, hey, the Giants are a really good team now, so that's fun. Yeah, I guess they're good now, even though they're going to totally bomb in August and they're going to look embarrassed. But, you know, Whatever. Whatever. Yep. Whatever. It's just annoying. Anyways, uh, moving on. Next question from uh, MN at Twin Pinions. Thoughts on the rise in the cleanup? Is Rocco breaking the lineup in the third? Uh, so we got a lineup question. We already know, how do you know my thoughts on the lineup? Uh, I I was very interested that Arias was hitting cleanup today, and I am – as big of a fan of this as anyone could possibly be. I love weird lineups. That is what gets me going. So that they did hit him clean up, and it's kind of like a – it's an interesting concept. And I, uh, I mentioned this uh, somewhere else, but Joe Girardi did this a few times when he was at the Yankees, 
where, like, conceptually you have your one, two, three guys, and you have your guys fill those roles, and then you uh, go back and you have one, two, three, four, five, six to end up the lineup. So you do kind of split it into thirds while having, like, two leadoff guys, which is really, you know, unusual because typically, you know, you have your middle of the lineup guys, power guys, or Arise is most certainly not that, but I, I like that idea. I like trading OBP in the middle or trading slugging for OBP in the middle. I, I was actually a fan of that move. So, I mean, yeah, and I'm with you there. I mean, the first three guys, Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, I mean, they get on base almost, you know, more than most. And Arise, when he goes out there, he's almost a guaranteed, it seems like, when he's batting, at least just base hit or walk machine. So he's just there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is. Like, you want him up there. He's, you know, he's hitting. He's the greatest hitter of all time, according to stats. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't argue with stats. Yeah, you can't even deny that. I mean, it's just the truth. So he goes up there. He base hits the left every single time. Or he walks on 27 pitches, like just a beast. And he's, you know, he's up there when Cruz is on second after hitting an RBI double, and then you just keep the line moving for Miguel Sano, Marlon Gonzalez. I mean, having a rise in the middle there just to get on base, you know, most of the time, it seems. It's it's huge. I mean, it, 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 wherever you put him, he's going to do his job. It's, I mean, I'm always cool with putting him at the top, though, because he gets more at-bats, and he's really skilled up there. So it's fun to watch him. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, the first immediate thing also, of course, moving up to fourth is yes, more bats than if you sit in like seventh or eighth, which is nice. And uh, like you said, it, I really like that idea of having him, you know, like splitting up cruising Cano. Uh, not Cano, people said Cano. Wow, that wasn't wild. Uh, cruising Cano. Uh, breaking news, I got Cano. Uh, uh, splitting up cruising Cano, uh, sort of like as a okay, Cruz might get an extra base hit, then Arias can continue, so then Cano can get his extra base hit. So I I like that idea. And uh, empirical evidence would state that it is a perfect idea as they put up 11 runs. So can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch. Good lineup here, wherever you put them, they'll, they're all going to do well. So we're so teams. Yeah, I'm going to go get three hits against Ivan Nova. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, well, let's not talk about that. But basically you can hit, you can hit randomize, and you're probably going to come out with a really good lineup. It's at that point. It's kind of wild, actually. It's kind of what, yeah, kind of what it seemed like Mulder would do at times. You know, you'd have Robbie Grossman in the three-hole or the four-hole at times, and it's always like, all right, here we go. But, you know, that's just how it is, so that's fun. Hey, that would be. So uh, moving on to the next question, let's go here with uh, Carl Gosman. What is an under-the-rate – oh, shout-out to Carl Gosman. Uh, I've talked to him on um, Discord. No one knows this. If he's listening to this, he gets it. But uh, what is an under-the-radar accusation – accusation, goddamn – Okay, that was not the right word. I what is an under the radar pickup? How about that? You'd want gotcha, to yeah. see where you're going with that. Yeah, not can't speak English. Wow, that's really bad when we're doing a podcast. Uh, what is an under the radar pickup you'd want the Twins to make? So I don't The Diamondbacks officially announced they're open for business. Somewhat interesting because I think they're better than the Giants, but and the Giants seem to be doing the exact opposite. However, I will not complain. More sellers is good for the Twins. So I'm going with uh, Yoshi Isa Hirano, reliever for the Diamondbacks. He's 35. He's uh, having a pretty good year, uh, 3.125, uh, 3.79 ERA, right? but um, a lot of strikeouts. Walks are a bit high, but I like uh, the stuff. And the bounce a little high, so you can assume that's going to come down. Uh, I'd like him 
you know, it'd be another depth pickup. So I think as far as, uh, like I talked about getting a high-end reliever, you have to get another one to fill that need. But there aren't a lot of under-the-radar high-end relievers, you know what I'm saying. So one with uh, Hirano, I'd, I'd like that deal. Yeah, I've actually never even really considered that one. That is under the radar. You've accomplished the task there. Hey, so, there you go. There you go. That's nice. I mean, yeah, it's a nice pick. The Diamondbacks are weird. Like, they're a better team than the Giants, but the Giants are buying and the uh, D-backs are selling. It's great, and no one understands it. But, hey, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> These are confusing times. Yeah. <laughs> These are, yes, very good. Um, <laughs> I went with someone from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, not Sonny Gray. We've already talked about him too much. Uh, if we were going to pick up a left-hander, I haven't heard his name thrown around much, but he's a reliever. I mean, Amir Garrett isn't someone – he's not a household name. I mean, have you heard a lot about Amir Garrett lately? Not a whole lot, but I, I thought about him too, so good good choice. Yeah. I went under the radar just because of the season he's kind of having. I mean, people have, I guess, heard of him, but he's had 180 ERA, 40 inning pitch so far, a one two three whip. Not the greatest, but, I mean, for the Reds and as a lefty, he's doing quite well. His fastball velocity is up there. He's striking out, you know, everyone, 60 strikeouts in 40 innings pitched, which is elite. He doesn't give up hard contact whatsoever. And for some reason, no one's really talking about him. I don't know if the Reds aren't shopping him too much or what's going on here. But Amir Garrity, the lefty, I mean, could have been mentioned earlier in what we were talking about. And if the Twins want to target a lefty, go get this guy to help out Rodgers, for sure. Yeah. I'd like it's funny because I thought about this and I was like, literally, I could probably name the entire Reds bullpen and it actually would like fulfill this question because they got <laughs> a lot of interesting yeah. names up and down. So uh, Garrett fills that role. I would like that. Uh, I think they're going to sell. I haven't heard much on their end, but I feel like they're going to at least sell a little bit. They should, right? I mean, you'd think so, but you know, the NL is a weird place. No one really ventures over there. It's kind of scary. <laughs> they yeah, it's just a silly place. Let's, let's just avoid them. Uh, moving on. Next question we got from Steve. Uh, give me one starter and reliever you think the Twins should target, and who uh, would you trade for them? So very similar question. We've talked about who they should target. Uh, I kind of – I'm thinking about this question and sort of like read between the lines. So uh, I'm going to go with the reliever. I'm going to go with Ian Kennedy because uh, uh, it came out – uh, some reports that it seemed like, uh, at least what Derek Falvey was saying, that payroll isn't an issue and something along the lines of, you know, acquiring a guy with a big contract wouldn't be a problem. And so actually aren't a whole lot of starters who would, you know, fulfill that. But Ian Kennedy does. He's got an awfully big contract, especially now that they move into the bullpen. However, the good part about that, if you're the Twins, if you eat more of that money, you give up less in prospects. Uh, now you need to convince your owner to eat that money, but if you can do that, you don't. You won't have to deal for uh, away, say like a top five, even top eight guy can deal less, and that would be optimal in my opinion. So Ian Kennedy, once uh, and who, who would I trade for them? I obviously don't like giving up relievers, uh, giving up a lot of good prospects relievers. So so I'm like, let's give them maybe a little bit less. I'd probably cut the line off at like. Anyone better than Blaine Enlow, or including <laughs> Blaine Enlow? A- anyone worse, I-, I guess go ahead. Anyone better, eh, I'd rather not. So that's it. Uh, one starter, let's see. <clears throat> I'm going to steal your answer. I believe you mentioned him. I'm going to go with Robbie Ray. Uh, oh, 
Yeah, I'm feeling saying. your answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope you weren't going to talk about him also because well. that's how we do it. No, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say Robbie Ray and does Robbie? How many years of team control does Robbie Ray after have after this year? Oh, um, I think it's just one more. Uh, 2021. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you'll have that. How much would I give? A bit more. I'd definitely offer Larnick, Saywanum. Uh, so probably a package that involves Larnick. I don't know. I want to think of someone else. Like, screw it. Let's throw in Enlo. If I say, hey, you know, here's Larnick and Enlo, and then either move from there or just say yes, I think I'd be more than willing to do that deal. I mean, yeah, I'm with you there. And so I'll go on to my answers. For my starter, I picked, I mean, Robbie Reagan because I was going to talk about more what I'd give up, I guess, because then with you, just anything outside of, you know, of top three, I guess. And I kind of want to leave Alizovich out, too, just because I like him more than most. But I'm good with giving up Larnick and Enlo, like you said. But, yeah, anyone in that range I'm fine with, just out of the top three and Balazovich, pretty much. For my reliever, I am go. I mean, who do I want? I want Kirby Yates. The guy's he's nasty. Mm-hmm. And that's just, he's in my perfect ideal scenario, and he's who I want. And to get him, to get him, I was going to kind of ask you about this as well. Do you think we have to give up a top, you know, top six guy to get Kirby Yates? Uh, probably, most definitely. He's got yeah, a lot of team control, cool. and he's dominant. So that's, yeah, a, that's that a bad combination. Yeah, I mean, if I were to give up anyone out of the top six for him, I would give up. Oh, God, I guess. I don't even know. Gratterall. Look at that hot take. Man, that would that hurt, though. That would hurt. It would. It would. But Kirby, I mean, he's about as elite as a right-handed reliever as you're going to find right now. Mm-hmm. And the Twins are in need of, I mean, I'm cool with a ring this year. If it takes that's what it takes, then I'm <laughs> I'm making the move right now. All right. If you can guarantee a ring, that'd be fine. I'd take that. Well, yeah, obviously that's you just, can't uh... guarantee a ring. But, you yeah. know, I mean, this bullpen, obviously, it's not spectacular. Romo's going to help out a lot, but he's not the piece that moves the needle for me in the bullpen. And a guy like Kirby Yates or someone along those lines is someone I think you've, you've got to add if you want to push your team as far as it can go, really. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I see that, but in my opinion, the only reliever I'm willing to give up, like, big prospects for, it, that's probably Felipe Vasquez. That's, I think he's really the only one, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's totally fair. So, you know, I mean, I guess, I don't, I don't know fully if I'd make the move. He just, I guess, at the top of my reliever list right now. I just don't know if it, I'd pull the trigger. He's just who I want, if that makes sense. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, seeing on. Last question, I believe, from uh, Jaron Gelly. Gilly, hope I didn't screw that up. My bad. Uh, with Strowman going to the Mets, who do you see the, uh, with a question mark, uh, exclamation mark, question mark. Yeah, we're as confused as you are, my dude. Uh, who do you see <laughs> the targeting for rotation help down the stretch? So, this is a bit of a different question because this is not necessarily who do we want or who do we think the Twins are going to target. So a bit of a different angle. I really think they're going to be thinking long and hard about Mike Miner. I think uh, there, there's been talks that they're interested in him, and I, I feel like for whatever reason, he feels like a very like type of guy that uh, Salvi and Levine would like. 
for some reason. I, I can't quite put my finger on why, but I, I feel like they are. They do. Yeah, and <clears throat> this is going <clears> to <throat> surprise everyone listening, but I agree with you. I actually picked the exact same guy. What? Oh, God. Yep. But at the beginning of this podcast, I read that Mike Miner, he is totally against being traded right now. He hates the idea of the Rangers selling. So there's something to keep your eye on if you're watching Mike Miner. Well, he does know their record, right? <laughs> That's fair. He's like, like, you know, we lose a couple games in a week or something, and now we're selling, and I hate it, and everyone hates it. But they're not winning, so. <laughs> yeah, I know crazy. we've overperformed and probably lost 8 of 10, <laughs> but, I mean, come on. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, they signed him to they signed him and like Hunter Pence and others just to trade him. I mean, they weren't expecting to win. I'd be very surprised if they weren't moved. Well, you know, Mike yeah. might have to No, you, they have to move him. Sorry, Mike, it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so right. that is that's all of them, right? Uh, that was all of them. Yes. So great questions. Yeah, and those, uh, unfortunately, I think next week's question is probably not going to be as fun. The yeah. trade deadline will be over by then, so unfortunate. Moving on to the weekly, the weekly question: Did Martin Perez do his job? And my my answer is a very resounding and harsh no. Had a bad outing against the Yankees and had a very unimpressive outing against the White Sox. And at this point, uh, you're asking uh, if you know parentheses when Twins uh, acquire starter. Who gets moved to the bullpen? I think the easy the easy answer is Martin Perez at this point. Yep, and yeah, I mean he didn't do his job as we say, and he you know twice this week actually. Yankees start. Yeah. I mean no one did their job, but then he came against the White Sox and also didn't he didn't pitch great. So you know I mean he's the guy for sure. I mean he went six innings, only gave up three, but I mean other people have been performing better around him. Even you know Pineda's been great of lately. Odorizzi has yeah. struggled, but, I mean, they're not moving him to the bullpen, and Kyle Gibson's not moving to the bullpen. It's going to be Martin Perez. You're right on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of – fortunately with him, it's a bit of a odd man left out. And on a worse team, he doesn't get moved to the bullpen. But mm-hmm. we're going to get to the point where some feelings are going to have to be hurt. We're going to have to say uh, the simple matter is we're not quite performing at the level that we're going to need. So, um, sorry. Have fun. Yeah, and that's just the reality of it, I guess. I mean – he is. I mean, yeah. it's a luxury when we have a guy like him who's in all. He's you know average, and we're gonna have to move him to the bullpen at some point if we add that starter. So that's that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very. I mean, I guess I'm just gonna drop this on you. I'm like very confident they might have a starter. Are, are you confident also? I'm. I mean, am I? No, I'm not. I think they're gonna add another reliever, and I. I think. I mean, I. You know, I'm not extremely confident they add a starter. Right? I'm trying to say that I think they will, but I think they won't at the same time, which is doesn't make any sense, but that is my thinking. Like, I don't know. Maybe if – so are you like – you wouldn't be surprised they had a starter, but you also wouldn't be surprised if they didn't? Kind of like that right. feel? Correct. Like, okay. I want them to, but I also don't ex- fully expect them to, I guess. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I feel like they really are – I don't know. I'm getting that feeling. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I would have liked Marcus Stroman and all, but yeah, I'm still depressed. Yeah, about that. well, <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. So yeah, hold on. Uh, well, next so topic. Actually, uh, why don't oh, we wait, go actually? A package of Lewis, Kirilov, Gratterall, Balazovich, and a couple of Warren. Just go trade for Thor and Stroman. I mean, I see no harm, no foul on that. 
nothing wrong with that one. Yeah, you're gonna have to lay off the crack pipe, dude. <laughs> put that down. Just lay it off. You don't need any more. Uh-huh. Done. You're cutting you Maybe off. that's the Mets' plan. Maybe that's what the Mets are doing here. Just package them, get all the good players, and just get extra prospects. You know, you know, it's not necessarily that, but if they, if this is like them kind of cornering the starting market, that might actually be genius in some ways. But that's also me giving them way too much credit. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just said genius and Mets were like in the same sentence. So, uh, because at the, at the same time, it comes back to the the original plan may not be bad. It's just where do you go from there? And I fully expect them to mess it up somehow. So this podcast is just it's just Mets hate. So that that's nice. But <laughs> I love it. Now, Matt Matt and Cooper dunk on the Mets for fifty minutes. That's, that's what this is. <laughs> I can Basically, have fun. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So I mean, it's great. It's easy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's so much fun, isn't it? It's so much fun. But then you also look back, you're like, how was this team in the World Series, like, four years ago? How did that happen? That was the biggest fluke in World Series history, and you can't <laughs> tell me otherwise. And it was against the Royals of all teams. And you're like, this really yeah. happened, like, four years ago. Strange. Yep, and neither of those teams will ever make the World Series again, ever. <laughs> never, for the next thousand years, just never. <laughs> write that yeah. down. With... Uh, moving on, talking about the minor league relievers so far. Uh, of course, this includes Sean Poppin, Lewis Thorpe, Cody Stasiak, Devin Smeltzer before he was sent down to Rochester. They're doing pretty well right now. And uh, I want to talk about kind of a bowl. This is more of a state of the bullpen type of deal uh, with the great – I've been I've been referring to it as the great DFA as they dfa like <laughs> literally half their bullpen. And in return, I have called up minor league guy after minor league guy and basically, you know, give them a nice pat on the ass, say, all right, have fun, go out there, just know that uh, if you screw up, everyone's going to hate your guts. And, well, so far, it's been fairly decent. And I'm actually, I just don't mind this. I, back when you had, like, guys like McGill and Mejia and Parker, I, I used the word upside. So I feel like when you had those, I don't think they really had much upside. Uh, maybe McGill a little bit because the stuff was great. We just know we didn't have any command. But uh, you're sort of like, what? Uh, ideally, like optimistically, you're not going to get much from these kind of guys. When you call up Poffin, Thorpe, and Stashek, you know, we don't know what their caps are because, you know, we just don't. There's no sample on them in the major leagues, or at least very little. So they can't be a whole lot worse than what we had, but they could be a whole lot better, and I find that intriguing. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you this question uh, with, Poppin and Thorpe, mm-hmm. which one do you think is more likely to stick as a reliever, not just this season, but maybe throughout, you know, next few seasons? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Poppin, because I think they're higher on Thorpe long-term. It's just a short-term bullpen type of deal. And Poppin has nasty stuff for an inning of work. I mean, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, well, I mean, if it's anywhere near the zone, like, my God, that slider is moving. I mean, someone swung at the other day, and it was in the other batter's box. I'm like, I, you don't see that yeah. every day, now, yeah. do you? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I understand why you like him. You can throw a sinker in the other batter's box, and it goes into the right-handed. And then you can throw a slider in the right-handed batter's box, and it goes in the left-handed. His pitches yeah. move, and I, I mean, there's no one I'd rather watch. It's outstanding. But yeah, I'm a good, I'm and, yeah. 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 And, then, and then his name is Poppin, of all, of all things. Like, come on. So I can you not love yeah. this guy? <laughs> And then Cody Stashak is one of the first actual, like, reliever relievers we've called up. He's usually just starters that we say, hey, pitch out of a role you don't usually pitch out of. And 
No, Cody Stasek's a real reliever, which is rare yeah. down there that we get called up. Jake Reed's still crying in a corner. No one will call him up ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's very sad. You want to trust him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stasek, pure reliever, so pretty much he's going to stick there. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued. I'm going to say that I'm intrigued by these guys. Yeah. So don't, don't mess up, please. I don't want to be <laughs> not intrigued season. by you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for this season, uh, I would guess for someone to stick out of the two of them, though, out of Poppin and Thorpe, I'd have to say Thorpe just because of the lack of left-handers with only Rogers. Unless the Twins acquire mm-hmm. another left-hander, I think Thorpe's going to be potentially the guy that sticks in the bullpen long term here up on the majors, which would be that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean he might and like I said, I was gonna bring it up specifically just because he throws from the left side that give him an advantage. But I think they still are uh, high in the long term as a starter. I don't think they would have gone through all the effort, the rehab and uh pulled him up as a starter just to be like, Okay, because in twenty nineteen we needed a reliever for a little <laughs> bit, we're gonna make you a full time reliever. I don't think that's gonna happen. That's fair, and I mean, oh. yeah, I suppose. And I mean, he's good as a reliever, of course. But yeah, I guess if they want to go back mm-hmm. to the plan. They could always, like you know, they probably do want to go back to their plan because that'd be smart. They could, yeah, mm-hmm. send him back down. But you keep popping up, then what do you do? I guess maybe. I don't know. You'll let that play out. I don't worry about yeah. that. These things play themselves out. We'll discuss this on next Sunday when the trade deadline's over. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss this later, but for the time being, that's my answer. So, <laughs> moving on, I did, uh, I, I mentioned the great dfa As a part of that, uh, Blake Parker was DFA'd. Uh, this actually caught me somewhat of a surprise. I don't think I was really expecting this. Uh, he wasn't doing fantastic in his peripherals or crap, but I, I didn't think they'd cut bait on their lone reliever pickup uh, so early. Yeah, that was something, I mean... He was he was a guy with me. Every time he came to the game after the first month, it just it was dreadful. Like it never felt great. And he had you know everyone kept talking about his eleven innings scoreless streak. It just felt like flip a coin came up on heads eleven innings in a row or something eleven times in a row. And <laughs> it's just you know I never trust. And then he'd come out do his thing in that last game he pitched where he just gave up hit after hit against Gregorius and the Yankees. So did everyone. But Parker, yeah. no, he, during his eleven inning streak, he was still walking. You know. 50% of the guys, that's an exaggeration, but that's what it felt like. Um, and he was he was great at the beginning of the year, but everyone knew it was just luck looking at the BABIP and all that, the hard hit and all that. I mean, it was, it was never good with him, really. The sinker never worked throughout the year. He'd have, like, a couple outings where the sinker was really good, and then the next one it just kind of blew up in his face again. And he just wasn't consistent, and, I mean, yeah, that's all I got, really. Yeah, it was odd because when you uh, first in like uh, April and Mayish, he almost never threw the splitter, which you're like, that's like his money pitch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it was basically this, you know, average 91 mile an hour fastball and like this floater curve, and you're like, okay, why this is weird? <laughs> and then he'd, he'd find it for like a little bit and just be like throwing it like a bad man, and you're like, okay, this is much better. Uh, yeah, but like then he would also like, yeah, like you throw it a hundred times in a row. And it was still like a, it was, it was still a good pitch. It was just inconsistent. And when he didn't have it, he was basically dead meat. So uh, that's I think that's where they're like, this is the, the inconsistencies are just too much. We can't handle this. Just see you later. Although he did clear waivers, no one claimed yeah. him, and, and I don't think they've announced uh, if he's accepted the minor league uh, uh, sentence yet. But that'll be interesting to see if he does or if he likes free agency. Yeah, I was surprised that you know he 
wasn't I guess I don't know if I was should have expected him to be claimed because he's thirty six year old veteran who doesn't pitch well, but he's still he's he's all right and he's thinking he gets to consider whether or not he wants to go down to triple A, so by the time we release this or even in the morning, we might know the answer, so who knows, I yeah. guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought like a like a Tigers type of team would have claimed him because he still has a year next year and just like recommends no one wanted to try. Yeah, yeah, I guess you know. No, no one wants Blake Parker. That's that's got that's got to hurt <laughs> for a guy like him. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> that's really got to hurt. I mean, at least he got. Considering the state of free agency last year, the fact that he even got a major league contract was the most impressive result, right? Yeah, that's true. I guess. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of DFA's. Um, you may have never heard of this guy because he was called up, never made an appearance, was here for a couple days. Then they DFA'd Carlos Torres before you even really heard of him. But, hey, he was on a yeah. minor league contract, kind of like what Cody Allen is on. Cody Allen could be – I mean, you've all heard of Cody Allen. He's in the minors still doing his thing. But, yeah, Carlos Torres came up three days, didn't pitch once. You know, he's on Twitter really looking forward to the opportunity. Then he was DFA'd. That was, it was kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a hard one. Yeah, uh, I'd say the difference between him and Allen is it sounds like Torres had multiple opt-outs. And uh, yeah. I, I actually came out that Allen doesn't even have any opt-outs. There's, like, no timeline regarding him. But with Torres, they called him up for uh, depth reasons, and, you know, he was the most immediate veteran. And like you said, he, I think he warmed up once, never came to the game, and then was immediately DFA'd. But he was so happy on Twitter. He was so looking forward to it. <laughs> and I was excited for him. And then, uh, man, makes me want to cry. He sounds so yeah. Oh, it was quite sad. Oh, sad stories. Yeah, yeah <laughs> unfortunate. So, sorry, Carlos Torres. I don't think he'll listen. Actually, he follows me on Torres. Maybe he is listening to this. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel, feel bad for you, dude. Uh, good luck, whatever. I think he'll catch on. Uh, I hope he does. Uh, go ahead in the future. Be uh, flourish. Go ahead and flourish. Love to see that. <laughs> so, yeah. Moving on. Yeah, moving on to prospect stuff. Nothing real in depth, just a lot of uh, promotions that happened. Uh, first one we're talking about Trevor Larnick, promoted from high A to double A. Of course, outfield prospect, the number two behind Kirilov, top 100 by most publications. Very good player. Uh, next one, Johan Duran, promoted to double A Pensacola from high A. Personal favorite of mine, uh, pitcher. Of course, he was in the Eduardo Escobar trade. Got nasty stuff. Went today, I believe. I think he did well, actually, in his first start. So, big fan of him. Um, gonna be. I, I follow him intently. Now that he's on Double A, you can watch him on MILB.TV because they play him, and Fort Myers barely gets played. So, it'll be fun. And the big one was announced just yesterday: Royce Lewis from High A to Double A, promoted, had a monster month of July, and that seemed good enough for the Twins. So now he's back with his homie Alex Kirilov in Double A. Yeah, and I've got stats on the two newly promoted guys, Duran and Lewis. Uh, Lewis went mm-hmm. two for five today, doubled two RBIs. And mm-hmm. Duran went five innings, two hits, zero runs, one walk, and three strikeouts in his debut. So, there we go. yeah. Fun. And also, Fun I have some more minor league news, but you didn't see this coming because I didn't write it down because I just read it on Twitter. Oh. Uh, from Lavelle Neal, uh, Bruce Dargraderall, out since late May with a sore shoulder, is ready and will pitch for the GCL Twins tomorrow. So the day this gets uploaded, Ooh. Monday. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah, he actually, man, I kind of whiffed on that one because it was announced earlier that he was uh, going to rehab soon. 
That is outstanding news. He's been out for a while. So good good thing getting him back. Man, that Pensacola team is looking fat. Holy crap. <laughs> it really is. You see that lineup today? The first three hitters are literally in the top five. <laughs> They're like our three best hitting prospects. Yeah. Right. They're all this in the was, top 100. <laughs> yeah, and this was without Travis Blankenhorn. Once he gets back, it'll oh. be even better. And then that rotation, I mean, you got, what, Duran, Griffin Jacks, uh, Gratterall. Yeah. Uh, forgetting someone. But, uh, I mean, whew, baby, that is a fun team. Yeah, that's insane. Basically, they'd probably beat the Orioles in a uh, best-of-seven series. I mean, it feels like their equivalent has been playing the Indians every single day, so. <laughs> yeah, you know. fair. I mean, yeah. yeah. So that's very, all we got in minor leagues, correct? Yeah. Well, I just want to say, I kind of feel bad for Fort Myers. They're looking a bit dry right now. Yeah, that's pretty sad. But they don't get played on MILB.TV, so, you know, it's whatever. So, yeah, it's their fault. It's basically just, like, Jordan Balazov. It's like that Will Smith meme where he's in the middle of the empty room. It's just Jordan Balazov standing there. It's like, where are you all at? Just call it Balazov, which double A. Let's just get going here. Come on. Get them all up there. Oh, baby. Hey, you're talking dirty to me. You got to stop. Our top That's 30 cool. is just the double-A team. <laughs> so the entire pe- they play any team, they're like, what the hell? Come on. <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> watch, I'd watch that over the Twins. I would, I would. Yeah, I would schedule that. I'd be like, Twins? Yeah. Pensacola? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. So. <laughs> Looking ahead, there's an off on Monday, tomorrow. Be interested to see how that plays in with the trade deadline. Uh, but now we can just mm-hmm. sit here in our uh, cozy houses, bedroom, whatever, and just hang around, watch other games uh, while refreshing Twitter every five seconds, hoping that Ken wasn't always tweeted something. And then immediately after that, we got three at Miami. Uh, it'll be interesting. Back in the National League for the first time since, what, April, I think it was, with the Phillies, uh, the Mets, yeah. whichever one came and first. Also, uh, you know what? Uh, we've both got uh, interesting lives. When tomorrow, what we'll be doing is watching more baseball games, even though the Twins aren't playing. But hey, yeah. I mean, go. okay. I got <laughs> I got work. I come home from work. I watch baseball. I'm sorry. Too much. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's what it's what you it's what we do. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's fun. So uh, let's see. The, the first game, July 30th. Uh, that'll be Tuesday night. Uh, we have Jake Odorizzi versus Zach Gallen. Uh, Odorizzi, I hope we get back on track. Uh, Zach Gallen, uh, I'll tell you this for Miami, they have a lot of interesting pitching prospects, or at least, I guess not really prospects anymore, but a lot of interesting pitching arms. Zach Gallen's one of them. I believe he was in the Marcelo Zuna trade. He's in one of those trades. Uh, he's got interesting stuff, had good numbers in the year. That'll be fun. Next game, Jose Barrios versus Sandy Alcantara. Ooh, let me, um, let me, uh, change that actually. Both All-Stars, Jose Barrios and All-Star Sandy Alcantara. So quite the matchup there. Uh, this is- this is the trade deadline day. It's on Wednesday, so that'll also be a crazy day. Uh, although, I guess that's after the trade deadline, so it won't matter. It has no effect on that game. <laughs> and then August 1st, Thursday, we got Michael Pineda versus Jordan Yamamoto. Uh, that'll, that is a day game. Uh, Yamamoto, another interesting arm. He was in the Yelich trade. He has good numbers on the year. So it'll be actually kind of fun to watch, I think. Yeah. This is all well Cleveland takes on Houston, so keep an eye on the – I think it is anyway. Keep, keep an eye on both series, and we could be up by – Yeah. You know, unless I'm jinxing here, five games or so. That'd be pretty nice. It would It would certainly be nice. I'm not going to go as far as jinxing them because I'm smarter than that, but it would be <laughs> – it would be very nice. 
I want to. No, I'm, I'm buying. Yeah. I'm kind of buying time. I want to check. So they get. Okay, they get both Verlander and Cole. All right, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. First game is Justin Verlander versus Shane Bieber. I might watch that game. That is going to be good. Ooh. Yeah. And it's going. I'm excited to see if Cleveland really is this. I mean, obviously they're a good team and they've been playing the worst teams. I want to see how they actually do stack up against real competition. That's going to be interesting. So definitely keep your eye on that. I will mm-hmm. be. I'm going to try watching it, but yeah. Yeah. As, as everyone should be, so keep your eye on that. After that, uh, the Twins continue their cupcake schedule because it's our turn now. They got three at home versus Kansas City. Uh, pitching matchups aren't known yet, but, I mean, you're three at home versus Kansas City, at the very minimum, you got to take the series. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yep, same with Miami. Take the series both. And, uh, yeah. Four out of six is nice. Try to do five. There you go, twins. <laughs> you go, you go four and two every week. You'll be, you'll be sitting happy. Can't complain about that. Yeah. Well, All right. So that takes us to the end here. We have nothing else. Uh, I guess just personal advertising. We'll be doing. I will be previewing that Kansas City series. I will be correctly uh, telling you what happens in that Kansas City series because that's what I do. Of course, I'll always be doing the Saturday minor league reports. And uh, what do you got? Yes, um, this just today, Sunday. I always do the Sunday game recaps, and I'm two and zero. Twins are two and zero on my Sunday game recaps. So, and when I did Twinkie Town, I think I did three game recaps, and Twins are five and zero total in games I do recaps on. So, obviously, I have some magic power here. So, um, and last Wednesday, yeah, <laughs> last Wednesday I wrote about how. Uh, Kepler and uh, Polanco are kind of leaving the office. I had a really interesting stat. It was like when Kepler has at least one hit in a game, uh, the Twins have a winning percentage near 700 versus when he doesn't, they have a winning percentage near 400. And it was the same for Polanco, and that was pretty cool. Figured that out yeah. in extent. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. That was really interesting. I thought that was neat. You read you read my article. I am. Wow. I think that. Yeah, hey, hey, we support each other on this just podcast. Yes, we do. We, we of course we do. Yeah, we, we, we would never ignore everyone else. We totally don't do that. <laughs> no. Oh, that was interesting. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Uh, of course, we'll post be posting this Twins Daily because it gets us a butt-ton of views. Normally, we only get, like, 40. Uh, last episode got 140, so a bit of a jump, I would say. I expect this to get more. I mean, just it might. Now that it, now that it's yeah. easier to listen to, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it'd be something. But, uh, I mean, we're also, like, we're not, we're about as far away from experts as it gets here, but hey, we're we're, we're doing it. <laughs> I no, mean, we're, we're truly are any, truly are yeah. any of us experts, let's be honest here. Oh, yeah, obviously. We're just, we're just out here, you know, we're, I mean, we out here. <laughs> yeah, we out here dunking on the mats, making memes, that's what we do. That is what we do, and we're quite good at it, so follow us on Twitter as well. It's quite yeah. entertaining. Yeah, follow us. Yeah, uh, well, follow me. Don't follow him. My um, favorite part of you on Twitter, every time you get shouted out by someone, your response is, don't follow me. It's a, you will hate your life. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's always kind of, it's awkward when they're like, man, follow this guy. He's great content. And I'm like, literally, I'm just like 90% shit posts, but thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, you know, you, once per, three times a week, you got these, like, video series, and they're they're quite good. But, hey, yeah. uh, my favorite, I like the memes. I'm here for the memes. Yeah. Yeah, I, or you called me out that one time. We were like, follow Matt for the great breakdown. And the last five tweets were all like reaction pics. I'm like, yeah, great stuff here. I'm like, okay, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> hey, you can do the exact same with my account. It's great, and that's why they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's um, just us stealing reaction picks from each other and then utilizing them. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> uh, I know you stole that Dr. Phil cannon in the clown uniform. Well, that's an outstanding one. Yeah, I mean, so, hey, you got good ones. I can't help myself. I just got to take them. Yeah, I I got my sources. Don't worry about it. But, yeah. I'm jealous. Oh, I, I guess follow us. I guess, yeah, I, I did a video talking about Sergio Romo. I've been thinking about doing more of those videos. More trades happen, more interesting stuff happens, then you'll get to see more of my beautiful, beautiful face with my updated posters in the background. So look forward to that. If you're into that for some reason, I don't know why you would be, but maybe. Oh, jeez. I just, on Twitter, I wrote about, you know, I said earlier, so the Twins traded for Sergio Romo, and it turns out I said, so the Twins traded Sergio Romo. And WWE slash NXT slash acting slash SW just went, we traded for him. They didn't trade him away, dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry, Jason Lynn is or at Jason Lynn 1975. I please accept my apology if you're listening to this. I you, I did not mean that, and I am sorry. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, dude, these people on Twitter are brutal. They they do not hold back. <laughs> no, it's great. It's fun. It's all fun. <laughs> yeah, they they keep us away. So fun stuff. Another great episode. Uh, first RSS episode. Shout out. We out here. So. Yeah. This, takes us to the end. Have a nice, fun, and safe trade deadline season. Don't get caught up in the action too much. Uh, make sure to drink enough water, stay properly hydrated. Uh, make Wait, sure what to, is this? What are you doing? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, make sure to put on – yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> put on tweet notifications for Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passan, and oh, have, yourself, have yourself some fun. Well, yeah, that's what I do. Every 10 minutes you'll get, the Yankees are still interested in Marcus Stroman or Trevor Bauer. That's what you'll see if you not, on tweet notifications. No, 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 not for Passan and Rosenthal. They deliver the goods. Now, if anyone else, oh, yeah, okay. they'll do that. But John Heyman. Those guys specifically? Yeah, oh, Heyman, God, don't even get me started. <laughs> he just tweeted, the Yankees' top three starting pitching choices are Bauer, Madbum, and Syndergaard. That's, thanks, John. <laughs> is, oh my! Well, he's one of the last off season where it's all literally just like oh god, stuff up Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah, Oof. every day. I love the comments on there. Just like wow, that helps. Thanks. Just yeah. just like really going at him. Like, or did, I, I liked it when it started turning into him being Scapwars' puppet. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, Bob Nightingale had the greatest. We're just gonna continue this for like one more minute. Um, no, no, we're gonna continue on for a while. Uh, it was oh Marcus Stroman tweeted out Toronto I love you forever and Bob Nightingale replies or retweets saying Marcus Stroman says goodbye to Toronto and the reply thanks Bob I was confused retweeting it just retweeted who hacked your account Bob we can see we can read thanks for the clarification Bob this is the content we follow for okay Bob clown emojis okay thanks for explaining that one oh god (laughs) thanks Bob <laughs> oh god! I oh. I don't know why I don't know why baseball reporters are so bad at this, but it's actually hilarious. It's fun. It's it's all good. I love it. It's all it's it's, all, it's everyone just getting in like we're gonna clown on this guy, right? Oh, we're totally clowning on him. <laughs> so maybe they all know what they're doing and they're just like you know pretending they have no idea what's going on while they tweet this out. Like Bryce Harper is still choosing between these teams every single day. Heyman knows I mean, he's gonna keep you, you have you have to be somewhat self aware, right? When you go to like, all so. the comments are just roasting the crap out of you, at some point you gotta look in the mirror like you know what, maybe this was completely useless. You, 
Unless he gets paid by tweets. Maybe he gets paid per tweet or something. Ooh, there's the – yeah, you got it. You got it, I think. That's it. There it is. That's nice. I wish I got paid by tweet. That'd be nice. Oh, my God, Dean. I'd be a millionaire. Easy. <laughs> Kidding me? All right. Going, yeah. All right, we're good here now. I think – Let's yeah, let's let's actually end this. This is how we end podcasts now, just just talking about random stuff. Uh, A lot better than how it usually ends. So, anyways, yeah, this was the Lean Off podcast. Great discussion. Have fun at the trade deadline season. Uh, Tabs on it. Uh, Pretty much it for me. Yep, me too. See you next week. Bye.